If you have your Bibles, would you open up to me to, with me to Psalm 84? Psalm 84. I want to read three verses of Scripture. I want to bring encouragement to you today through the Word of God. Let us pray for God's presence and anointing upon the word as it's spoken and also as it's received in our hearts. Psalm 84, blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, or some translation says the valley of weeping, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them appears before God in Zion. I want to speak to you this morning about the journey of life. We are all on a journey. We are all going. While in Israel, I decided to hike the highest mountain around the Sea of Galilee. It's called Mount Arbel. Although my wife and I have, we like to walk, we are by no means hikers. We are just leisurely walkers. So I drove up the mountain, I entered the gate at this national park, Mount Arbel National Park, and I talked to a few of the hikers that I had seen and I gained some insights uh, from them regarding the different trails and the average time that it would take. And then I began my journey. If you could put up that next slide. I began my journey up this, uh, first I started on the top because I drove my car in and so I began the journey down and I began to follow the markers uh, down, down the mountain and I came to a point that I could either um, continue to walk down or begin the journey back up. Now, because my car was parked on the top, I couldn't walk down. So now I had to begin the fun part of walking back up. And as I proceeded up the mountain to the top, I am battling with 104 degree heat. This is in Tiberias in the northern part of Israel, a very hot region, and it was in the month of Sabeek. The weariness begins to set in. And as I drew closer to the end of my journey, I'm dragging my weary, weary self along. And I looked at what was the last leg of the journey, and I blinked my eyes in disbelief. Because I did not see a level path, but rather a mountainous wall that I had to climb. If you could put that next one up. This is what I saw. And I said, wait a minute. I am not a hiker. I am a walker. And I saw it was no longer a horizontal path, but a vertical climb. And here I am at this point, I could not turn back. I was what, at what you call the point of no return. And so I began to climb that vertical portion of the trail, lifting one limb at a time, 
Each limb at that point weighed 200 pounds. And it was sheer willpower and determination and the help of God. And I made it to the top. I was at the top, and like Rocky Balboa, I began to pump my fist and twirl around. Not exactly. <laughs> I should have, though. <laughs> but you know what? I felt like I had conquered that mountain. I felt exhilarated. I felt like a survivor. But what I learned from that lesson, from that journey, that it was a lot, it's a lot like life. If I had known what the journey was going to be like, I probably would not have undertaken that hike. If I had known what it was going to be like, I would have said, no, it's okay. I'm going to go for a leisurely walk on a flat plane and, you know, quit when I want to and, and not be under the stress and the strain of having to get back to where my vehicle was. And I learned a lesson. I learned a lesson that day. And it is so true also in life that we don't realize what the future holds. We don't understand what we're going to go through. And sometimes we want God to reveal everything. God, show me what my future is going to be. God, show me your will. Show me what it's going to be like a year, five years, ten years down the road. And I want you to understand something. I believe it's in God's mercy and it's in God's grace that he doesn't. That he just teaches you and I to walk by faith. He just teaches you and I to take one day at a time. Isn't that what Jesus said? Take no thought for tomorrow, for sufficient is the evil of today. Take one day at a time. What I learned that day was that with God's help and God's grace, I can conquer any mountain. That you and I, with the grace and the help of God, can go through any valley. We can endure any trial. Even those trials that test being. You see, Psalm 84 is a diary, is a journal, a blog, if you will, of a person on a journey. Life is a journey. Ultimately, it's a journey from earth to heaven. That's our goal. That's where we're heading. I know no one wants to... Everyone wants to go to heaven. Nobody wants to die. But ultimately, that's where we're heaven from, from earth. We're going, we're going from earth to glory. But in the meantime, it's quite a journey. And what a journey it has been. The last two years have been an upward climb, an onward battle, a struggle, it seems, of great proportions. And as has been said, you know, COVID cases might be at a low, but the physical, the emotional, and the, and the spiritual effects still linger. People have been shut in, no travel, no activities, no fun. Now they have all this pent-up energy and emotion. And some are acting really crazy. The airlines are reporting that fights and arguments are at an all-time high. Did you see that one woman that they duct-taped to the chair, to the seat. They literally duct taped her 
to the seat in her mouth. I don't know how that's legal, but anyway, they did that because she was an unruly passenger. People are crazy. At the beaches, there are brawls that have, broke, have broken out in several beaches. Crime, even murder, has increased significantly in 2020 and has all, it also continues on that upward trend for 2021. You know, I, uh, Pastor Mike mentioned it earlier, uh, a well-known international pastor said at the beginning of, um, of this pandemic, he said that there's going to be such a need in our churches for grief counseling. There's such a need because of, of all of what we have been through and the toll that it has taken on people. Just think of how people have been away from fellowship, they've been away from church, they've been away from meaningful times of connecting with God and with other people. Don't you think that'll take its toll? Yes. But you see, it's this journey that we're on and, and it's become a whole lot more challenging because of the times that we're living in, hasn't it? Yes. And you see, this, this psalmist, we're not sure if it was David or who it was, but there's different views on it, I'm not sure, but you see, this psalmist was going through it, and it caused something in his heart, and we see it in the first few verses. It caused a longing as a, as, as a child of God for his presence. And you see, when you love God, when you love his word, when you truly love Jesus, you desire his presence, amen? You want to be with him. You want to be in his word. You want to be in prayer, uh, not as a religious exercise, but as a means of, of connecting with him so that you and your spirit, you are fulfilled because you made a connection with your God. And you see, we, in, in, in this psalm, he remembers in verse 1, the awesome presence of God. It says, how lovely is your dwelling place. How lovely is it? He wasn't talking about just going to church or just going to the temple. He wasn't talking about just being in the tabernacle. He was talking about being in the presence of God. He said, how lovely is it? And you know, and I know as a child of God, the presence of God is the most precious thing. And when you've felt it, when you've experienced it, when you've known it, there's nothing that can compare with it. Can you say amen? In verse 2, he longs for the house of God. He says, my soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. In verse 4, he misses the time of praise and worship. He says, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. But I like these few verses we're going to look at a little bit further. He makes a declaration in verse 5. Blessed, blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. You see, brothers and sisters, people of faith, the community of faith this morning, it is time that we draw a line in the sand. It is time that we say enough is enough. 
And we begin to declare, and we begin to say what God has said in his word, that God, you are the strength of my life. God, my strength is not in myself. My strength is in you. And he says, my heart is set on a pilgrimage. What he was saying is, my heart is set on a journey. I'm going somewhere. A pilgrimage, by definition, is a journey. Especially a long one made to some sacred place or as an act of religious devotion. You see, we are on a, all on a journey this morning. We're following the master. We're following Jesus. It's a spiritual journey. And as I began to think about this whole concept of the journey, I've seen throughout the whole scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, we see God's people, they were journeying through the wilderness. We see God's people journeying from, from the wilderness into the promised land. We see them uh, journeying throughout the whole Bible. In the New Testament, we see Jesus. Many times he would journey with his disciples. He would say, come, let us go to the other side of the sea. And then ultimately, Jesus, he journeyed to Gethsemane. Then he journeyed to the cross. Then he journeyed to the tomb. And ultimately, thank God, he ascended on high and he's sitting at the right hand of the Father on the throne. You see, when we think of, of a journey this morning, we have to understand a couple of things. We could either look back in our journey and retreat and give up, or we could look ahead and move forward and step up. Psalm 84 gives us wisdom from God to keep us moving forward so that we don't get stuck in a rut you know what someone uh, defined a rut as? It's a grave with both ends kicked out. So you don't want to be stuck in a rut. So what two things quickly I want to look at. What can we learn from this psalm that could help us in the journey of life? Number one, God has a duration, a duration for every season. Look what it says in verse 6. As they pass through the valley of Baca, or some translations say the valley of weeping. Now that word uh, in my study and commentaries and scholars uh, are not sure of the exact uh, uh, geographical place of the valley of Baca, but it comes from the same word of balsam tree, and, and, and it's, it's valley of Baca, meaning the valley of weeping, and, and they believe it was named that because the plants would drip tear-like secretions from each branch. So it was known as the valley of weeping for that reason in the natural, but it also became figurative and metaphoric of our spiritual journey that we go through seasons and we go through valleys of weeping. Have any of you had your season, your valley of weeping? I know I have. My wife and I have gone through a season of some weeping, gone through a valley. And you see, the trick of the devil is to try to get you to think that that is what you're going to be locked into. You see, the devil is 
a liar. And you see, the Bible says that when you pass through the valley, it is a season. It is a passing through. The Bible says weeping endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. The Bible says it came to pass. Come on, look at me right now. I know you're having a tough time. Come on, look, focus, amen, amen. Come on. It came to pass. This too shall pass. You see, for, for this psalmist, he understood that, that I'm passing through. You see, it's the Lord revealing to us that we will pass through every season of regret, every barren place, every valley of tears. You see, your trials, my trials, have an expiration date on them. How many of you, you look in your refrigerator and you have to smell that milk because the date says it's about a week later. Sometimes I see some things and my wife said, no, it's still good. I said, are you going to drink it? She says, no, then I ain't either. She wants it's good for me, but not for her. I said, no way. But you know what? On our trials, there is an expiration date. And only God knows when the time is over. You see, you and I might try to get out of it. You and I try to, might try to finagle it. And some people get out of the will of God. And they make decisions based upon the flesh, upon attitudes, upon offense. And the question is, when they make a decision is, is that the will of God? Oh, come on now. Come on now. That's a, good, that's a good nugget. Don't make a decision in the flesh. Don't make a decision out of, out of a bad attitude. Don't make a decision out of offense. Is it the will of God? Because that's all that's going to matter at the end. Turn with me to James chapter 5. I want to give you some scripture. I believe in telling stories. I believe stories are good to illustrate. But let me tell you, the stories are just windows to give you the, to help you to see the truth. But we will need to see the truth. Amen. We need to see the word of God this morning. What does God say? James chapter 5. Indeed, verse 11. We count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job, and you've seen the end intended by the Lord. What is the end intended by the Lord? That the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. The Lord knows what you're going through. Someone else said it was a tribute to, I believe, Winston Churchill. If you're going through hell, keep going. If you're going through hell, don't stay there. Keep going. You see, we shed tears. We have times of brokenheartedness. We have times of, of silent pain and suffering. And it's intense. I believe that we are living in a period of time. I, just this past week, I've talked to people far and wide, in the church, out of the church, all over the place. And I, I just, I cannot believe the heartache and the sadness, the suffering, the pain, the attacks of the devil. And all I can think of is, is what it says in Revelation. The devil knows his time is short. And he's come down with great fury. But we are the people of God. And they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. More than ever, we need to be in church. More than ever, we need to be pressing in. More than ever, we need to be in the word. More than ever, we need to be worshiping. More than ever, we need to be dealing with stuff that would try to sabotage our walk and our journey with the Lord. As they pass through the valley 
of Baca, they make it a spring. In other words, it's a place of weeping, and it's a place that is actually barren and arid, but, but you know what happens? God brings provision, and it becomes a spring of water that springs up. What does that tell me? It tells me God could take your worst place, place of your worst nightmare, and he can make it your stomping ground. God could take a place in your life of devastation and he could turn it around and do what nobody else could do. But you know what I think is important? Can I just give you this little aside? It says, when they pass through the valley of weeping, there's, there's weeping, there's tears. You know, I have found in life, and even psychologists will tell you this, that what you don't talk out, you act out. And what, what is meant by that is you have to learn how to process your grief and your pain in a healthy way. That means it's okay to cry. It's okay to weep. David, in the Old Testament, a man after the heart of God, the Bible says, I, 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 drown, my, I, I drown my bed with tears. Jeremiah, the great prophet, was known as the weeping prophet. Jesus... In the New Testament, the Bible says he wept. And see, we need to process our pain. And, and there's been a lie that has been purported over the years that men don't cry. Only women. I guess that's why women seem to be more healthy emotionally than most men. Pastor Mike Caparella that was just with us a couple of weeks ago, he wrote a book, Processing Your Pain Through Parables, and, and the premise of that book is, is to write out what you're going through and process it by, by journaling in, 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 uh, in a healthy way like that. You see, we have to learn how to be real before God and also before others, and see, sometimes religious people can't handle that. Sometimes religious people think you have to have it all together all the time. But my Bible says of, of Paul that he went through the most difficult time and God says, you know what? My grace is sufficient for you. And Paul got to a place of saying something that I'm not ready to say yet and I don't think any of us are. He says, I will take pleasure in necessities, in reproaches. I'll take pleasure in the difficult seasons. I'm not ready to say that. Anybody here ready to say that? If you do, you're a liar, but that's okay. We'll pray for you later. But you know why he said, then I'm strong. Why? Because pride is taken out of the equation. Ego is taken out of the equation. Self is taken out of the equation. And you realize that, God, it must be you. If you don't come through, if you don't help me, if you don't give me grace, if you don't stand with me, I won't make it. But he says, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. It sounds like a paradox an oxymoron, but, but really the spiritual truth is when I'm at my lowest, when I'm at my most neediest, then I can receive the grace of God. Then I can receive God's help. Then I receive God's strength. Leads me to my second point. God has strength for every season. Go back to verse 5. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you. Look what verse 7 says. They go from strength to strength. Now that's fascinating. That's interesting. Because when you're on a pilgrimage, when you're on a journey, when I was on that hiking of Mount Arbel, I didn't go from strength to strength. I went from strength to weakness. 
right? When you walk, when you go on a journey, when you're on a pilgrimage, your strength diminishes in the natural, in the physical. You go from strength to weakness, amen? You see somebody in a marathon, at the end of the journey, they're, they're bent over, gasping, because physically your strength naturally diminishes. But look what it says here. They go from strength to strength because God is supernaturally sustaining them. In the New Testament, from glory to glory, from faith to faith. You see, this is the work of God. This is supernatural. This is not human. This is spiritual. This is God working through you and I. Can you say amen? You see, God is using our hardship to develop our spiritual strength. James chapter 1 says about trials. It says that let, let, let you know, take joy, my brothers. It says because the trials you go through are going to produce patience, perseverance, character. Romans 5 tells us that we glory in tribulations. How many of you are rejoicing today because of your problem? We glory, we rejoice because it's producing something in us. You see, spiritually, we cannot develop unless, like in the natural, there's resistance. Do you know that weightlifting, strength training, is all about resistance? You see, resistance training is an exercise, any exercises that causes the muscles to contract against an external resistance with the expectation of increased strength, power, and endurance. The external resistance can be a, a dumbbell, an exercise equipment machine, our own body weight, bricks, any object that causes the muscles to contract. Now, my wife and I have been going back to the gym the last couple of weeks, and we do a couple of the exercises together, and, and when she's on, you know, I do mine, and then I have to take off all that weight, and like she, like I put, 10 pounds on for her and I and every once in a while I'll try to sneak a little extra weight on and she said did you put extra weight on it I said yes I did but I mean you know you got to put more than 10 pounds right how much to... all right she does 40 she's increasing <laughs> but unless we have the resistance unless you're adding the weight and, and you know what it's the same thing you can't expect to be at the 10 pound resistance level 20 years into your walk with Christ. You know, this, this, this building expansion, moving forward the kingdom of God, good things happening, the spirit of God working, the enemy will fight against us. There will be resistance, there will be pressure. That's why you need to pray for your pastors. That's why you need to lift up our arms like Aaron and Hurd did because we get weak too and we need encouragement. We need the blessing of people praying for us because as my hands are lifted up, just as Moses' hands were lifted up, what happened? The battle is won for the whole nation, for the whole people. Can you say amen? amen. You see, hardship becomes the weight, the bench press for our spiritual man. Some of you, if you could only see in the spirit realm this morning what you look like, muscles bulging, Six-pack. Strong. I'm serious. If you could only see in the spirit realm what your trials are doing, what the pressure is doing, what the resistance is doing, 
You say, is that biblical? Yes, the Bible says, I wrote what man perishes, but I in what is renewed day by day. Spiritually, we're getting stronger. The devil is a liar. Don't you believe what the devil says? Believe what God has said. God promises to sustain us in every season. Isaiah 43, when you go through the waters, the floods, they will not overflow you. When you go through the fire, it will not burn you. See, God wants to pour out his grace as we humble ourselves before him. Make a decision this morning. Step over the line. You see, there's a choice this morning on this pilgrimage. Your heart has to be set. What does that mean? You are determined. You are committed. You have this attitude that says, you know what? I will set my heart on pilgrimage. I will fix my heart this morning. It is so critical. Some of you need to, to step over the line. What did Paul say in, a, in, in Philippians chapter 3? He says, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, I press towards the mark. He said, I press towards the mark. I forget those things which are behind. I believe he was referring to the good and the bad. The good in the sense that he wanted to make sure it didn't cause him to become proud or even spiritually lazy. But surely he meant the negative, the bad. You see, there are some things that you need to forget about. And there are some people that want to keep bringing up your past. There are some people who just love to say what you were like 10 years ago, 20 years ago. They want to keep bringing up the past. But you cannot live in the past. You've got to press on. The devil is the accuser of the brethren. He wants to let you to, to be in discouragement and negativity and oppression. And, and he wants you to believe his lies. If you do, your faith just dies. We believe the truth of the world. So what do we do? We press on. Forgetting those things which are behind. I press towards the goal, the mark. There is a purpose for our life. In this life and surely in the one to come. Don't go to hell over somebody else's issues. You can help people with their issues, but don't let their issues become your issues. You've got to keep on pressing on. You have to be determined. My, my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law, Lisa's sister, they live up in Bangor, Maine. They are season ticket holders of the, for the New England Patriots. They had the tickets when Patriots weren't good. So they persevered, and they had the hottest tickets in all of football for the last 20. years. They live in Bangor, Maine. It's a three-and-a-half-hour drive. Eight times, there are eight games that are played at Gillette Stadium, 16 games for the whole year. Eight are played at home. Eight are played at other stadiums. So eight times a year, they make that pilgrimage. They make that journey, three-and-a-half hours. Time out of work, hotel, tailgating, Crowds, they have to park so far away that you need to walk for, for 10, 15 minutes. Some people think talk, parking you know, on the street is a big trial in a church. Imagine in a football game, you're parking acres and miles away. You can't even see the stadium. But you do it with joy. Why? Because there's a desire there. There's a heart there. There's an excitement there. Eight times a year. Don't tell me you can't get to church. Hey, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to them anyway. You're here. 
but you have to be determined. I will commit to grow and develop my spiritual life. That means I will take 15 to 30 minutes a day to read God's word and to pray. I will commit to serve God in my local church. That means I will get involved in serving other people. Amen. If you're not serving other people, you're not serving Christ. Because my Bible says that, that your love is demonstrated in serving, loving God by serving other people. I will commit to connect with those of like precious faith. That means I'll get into fellowship. I'll get into a life group. I'll get together with other believers who understand faith and understand the ways of God. You see, God knows where he's taken us and he knows what we'll need. Job said it this way in Job 23 verse 10. He knows the way that I take and when he's tried me, I shall come forth as gold. I'm going to ask the singers and the musicians if they would come back this morning. I want us to pray in closing. I want us to appropriate the, the word of the Lord this morning. I want us to, to make a decision today to set our heart on pilgrimage, to be on that journey, to realize that God is taking us through the valley. And you know what? We're going to go from strength to strength. Amen? We're going to go from faith to faith. Come on, the devil is a liar. Come on, you can't overcome. You can't move forward. You can overcome that setback. You could overcome that person who walked out on you. You could overcome every trial and every tribulation today. Why? Because God gives you strength for the journey. There's one song that, that just touched my heart as came on the radio the other day. It's by Mary, Mary, Mary. It says, there will be mountains that I will have to climb. There will be battles that I will have to fight. But victory or defeat, it's up to me to decide. But how can I expect to win if I never try? I just can't give up now. I've come too far from where I started from. Nobody told me the road would be easy. And I don't believe he's brought me this far to leave me. Never said there wouldn't be trials. Never said I wouldn't fall. Never said that everything would go well the way I want it to go. But when my back is against the wall and I feel all hope is gone, I just lift my head to the sky and say, help me to be strong. Oh, I just can't give up now. I've come too far from where I started from. Would you stand together with me this morning? If you're going through the valley of Baca, if you're going through the valley of weeping, it's okay to weep. It's okay to sense and feel that brokenness. It's okay to be vulnerable to God. Sometimes we can't be vulnerable to other people. They might hold it against us, but we can be vulnerable to God. And then there are some trusted people that you can be vulnerable with. You need to, you need to process your pain. First and foremost, let's do it before God this morning. Come on, let's bring every need, every prayer, every concern, every struggle, every battle. Come on, let's bring it to God. Let's be determined today to say, you know what? My heart is set on the journey. I'm not giving up. I'm not turning back. I'm going to keep on pressing on because you know what? I'm going to go from strength to strength. I might feel weak now, but when I'm weak, God is going to make me strong. 
Come on, if that's you, would you quickly, quickly just move out of your seat this morning. Come on, let's present ourselves before God in the house of God and say, Lord, I long for you. I long for your courts. I long for your house. I long for your presence, oh God. Come on, let's do it as we sing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.